Watch the children. The children are always right. So whatever they're doing, they're right. No matter what you think of as, you know, an older population looking back at the kids doing their stupid stuff and saying how stupid it is that they're doing, they're right. So get on board with whatever they're doing and get ahead of the curve because those are going to be your customers, your workers, employees, five years from now, 10 years from now. What they're doing now is going to lay the foundation of how they interact 10 years from now. So pay attention to what they're doing. There you go. All right, here we go. Welcome back to Hawaii Real, everybody. I'm your host, Yoka Ehu, and I want to send a special shout out to Hawaiian Springs Water. Favorite shows for this episode. You can find it at the link below and uh, on Amazon in the description. And it's like 7.7 alkaline pH balanced. So it's really good after like one of those big plate lunches, hamburger, stuff like that, all that acid in your stomach. Shannon's over here laughing at me. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by the Native Hawaiian Hospitality Association. The Native Hawaiian Hospitality Association was founded by iconic Hawaiian leaders who understood the implications, opportunities, and impacts that Hawaii's largest industry was having on the people of Hawaii, Hawaiian culture, local ways, and our state's natural and cultural resources. Supported by the Hawaii Tourism Authority, Naha promotes and perpetuates the authentic spirit of aloha and Hawaiian culture in hospitality, industry planning, promotion, and product development. You're going to want to check out this great organization at www.nahha.com. You're going to want to check them out. They have a new website coming out called www.kuhikuhi.com. Again, the link for that will be in the description below, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I have a guest with me, the president of the Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce. On again, Shannon Eady. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course, my pleasure. Purpley, purpley. Can you tell it's my favorite color? I, I can't. I did not know that was your favorite color. We got purple eye shadow, purple shirt, purple purse. And you chose the purple XLR cable for your microphone. Indeed. Matchy. And I am, I'm here with my Green Bay Packer looking color thing scheme. <laughs> I have a green shirt on with a yellow XLR cable. But it works. I like the clash. Clash. All right. So uh, we have you coming on here to talk not only about the Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce, but the new business directory that has come out uh, called kuhikuhi.com. And that's been put out by the Native Hawaiian Hospitality Association. And it's a big business directory for all Native Hawaiian-owned businesses to go ahead and sign up for. And people can go and shop, find restaurants, services, events, directly from kuhikuhi.com. Yes, it's an amazing resource. And our chamber, as well as the Neighbor Island Native Hawaiian Chambers, we all partnered with Naha. So we were really appreciative of the opportunity to partner on this, collaborate on this, and provide such an amazing resource to not only you know our immediate community, but to visitors and just anyone who's interested in supporting Native Hawaiian-owned businesses. So you have visitors come and ask you guys if there's a way to find these kind of businesses? We do. As a chamber, we get tons of inquiries from visitors asking if we have a master list of Native Hawaiian-owned businesses because they really want to support those businesses on their trips to Hawaii. That's cool. And so... so you know, tourism, yay. Exactly. But... You know, prior to Kuhi Kuhi, and I would say, you know, a few years ago, there was not a single centralized and more importantly, up to date Mm. location that housed a list of all Native Hawaiian businesses. And so 
that's why kuhi kuhi is really, really important. Hmm. So how do you push people towards kuhi kuhi in your personal life? In my personal life, you know, I when I get asked either as an individual or in my role with the chamber, I always direct folks to Kuhi Kuhi. And it is a relatively new site, right? So we've only been promoting it since I think June or July of this year, but we utilize social media. And then, you know, whenever I'm looking for something through my own work that I'm doing or through the chamber, if there's a project that we need assistance with, Kuhi Kuhi is certainly one of the first places that I go to, I turn to now, to look for a business that might be able to provide or support what I'm looking for. Yeah, because you want to support local, but more importantly, I guess for Native Hawaiians, you and I included, it also helps to support Native Hawaiian community and, you know, bring them up. Absolutely. At the same time, yeah, you are supporting local, but we're taking it one step further. One step further. further. Which is which is great, and you know, I, I see those in other states where there's Native American type businesses, chambers, and stuff like that, where they're being brought together. Do you guys do any work, or does Naha do any work with those other, um, I guess, Native-owned business chambers type things, directories throughout the country? Naha is very involved with Native other Native entities and organizations that focus on the hospitality industry. So I know that they just attended a big conference on the continent. And so, yes, they're definitely connected. They did a lot of research when we were in the process of developing Kuhi Kuhi. So they did tap into a lot of those resources in um, developing our own directory. So absolutely, 100%. Yeah, on a trip to uh, Canada a couple of years ago, way before uh, COVID and everything, we got to go see um, places that were owned by the First Nations up there. And they like have their business SHIT together, it seemed. I was like, wow, hey, we need to like step it up here, you know, and like come together and, and support each other. I think that was the big thing that uh, they were doing is they were supporting each other, but also they were really involved in uh, the local politics in the area also. I was just going to say that, you know, we definitely have a lot to learn from other Native groups. And so I think, you know, your experience just kind of highlights that that point. And some of the stuff I saw was like, it was beautiful. Like they had um, any building structures that were going to be made by non-Native owned uh, businesses and stuff. They had to get approval and all the drawings and designs and everything of the buildings had to have some sort of Native American First Nation type uh, design work, cultural stuff involved in that. So the building looked a certain way and had certain um, paintings, structures, designs throughout it. So it kind of looked really cool. That's that's really interesting. And I definitely think we're headed, we're moving in that direction. And so it's that's another reason why Kuhi Kuhi is so important, because when we're looking for folks that can provide, you know, that type of artistry or, you know, other services, we need to find them. Yeah. And so this is a great place to do that. It kind of reminded me of, have you seen like the rail construction of the pillars and stuff? And the pillars have designs, native Hawaiian designs and stuff yes. like that. I think that's cool. I mean, whatever you think about the rail, I get it. But 
We won't go there. But. The pillars themselves look kind of cool because <laughs> they actually put some designs on them. But it kind of when I was you know being in outside Vancouver, it kind of reminded me of how Aulani kind of looks with you know native Hawaiian designs all over the place, except it was like build normal buildings are like that. Right outside outside the woods and everything like that. So it was really cool. Interesting stuff. And that would be awesome if you know one day everywhere here looked that way. Mm. But like I said, we're we're moving in that direction. Yeah. Have you seen that? And this is kind of off, totally off subject, which I like to do. Have you seen the mural of the uh, the Olympians I downtown? Have. I have. What do you guys think of that? I thought it was really cool. It is very cool. At first, when they first started drawing it out, I didn't know who they were. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, now it does. Yeah. Do you know if those are like the only Hawaiian Native Hawaiian Olympians or gold medalists? Or is that why it was? Don't put me on the spot like that. You just say you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, really? Those are the only Native Hawaiian medalists or gold medalists? Maybe it was just gold medalists? I believe so. Yeah. But it's still pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing for for our our people. And now it's up there. So you got Kui uh, Kui businesses and stuff like that. And you brought along with your purple matching outfit and you have this nice purple purse that you're going to talk about because you found that from one of the native owned businesses also. Yes. So may I show my you purse? You will totally give a shout out. It's, it's a cool, for all the listeners out there, it's a cool purple purse with a, um, what kind of design would that be? I mean, it's Native Hawaiian type tribal pattern. It is. It is called their malu pattern. Malu. Yes. But so this is from Born Hawaii mm -hmm. and it is a Native Hawaiian owned business headquartered on the island of Kauai. And what do they make? Not only purses, do they do other stuff? They do. They make, a, um, clothing there so they're a clothing retailer but they also do other things like umbrellas and hats and a bunch of other things and it's owned by a husband and wife jeremy and his wife who um, everyone affectionately calls tita but i met them through my work with the chamber and actually naha hoping to facilitate naha's economic development workshops and the president of the Kauai Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce connected me with Jeremy, who is also um, a captain in the Kauai Fire Department. So, you know, I, I had him kind of speak about his experience with starting the business. And one of the things that they, they, I learned is they were doing Facebook Lives as a result of COVID and shutting down COVID. And so... Um, they've actually been doing Facebook Lives every weekend for over a year now. And so I met them in June. And so I've been a um, consistent viewer of their Facebook Lives every weekend. My And I've gotten my mom involved in it, so she watches. <laughs> what kind of cool stuff are they doing in their Facebook Lives? Yeah, so they do, um, I think it's called like Deal Dashes. And so, you know, they'll take some of their products and they will discount it if you, you know, type in sold that you want it. And um, so it's really fun. They make it really fun. It's interactive. Nice. They're hilarious. And so you just feel like you're with your friends. 
So, you know. And at the same time, when you're buying this stuff, you're helping to support your friends, which is awesome. Exactly. And so it was really funny because they came to Oahu for the Made in Hawaii Festival. And so I got to meet them in person. And so that was really fun. How was it when you first met them in person? It was... Like right away connection kind of thing? Absolutely. Yes. It was like we had known each other for years. And then the next weekend, you know, I'm seeing them on their Facebook Live again. So... Um, yeah, they're an amazing couple. They're, you know, they have a family. And so you you really feel like you're getting to know them. Mm-hmm. But my point just is that they're, they're, they were one of the first to kind of make that um, leap to doing Facebook Lives and putting themselves out there. And I think it has really paid off. They have a lot of loyal followers. So you'll see the same people kind of on the Facebook lives, like buying things and, you know, commenting that they pretty much own like every single thing that, that they make. <laughs> Everything you yeah. post every week, we're buying it. That's <laughs> no, so. great. I mean, that's, that's, that's the direction it kind of seems that like businesses are going these days, right? Like the more um, engaging you can be with your customer base on social media, the more loyalty you're going to build. Yeah. And I actually asked them, I was like, so how long do you think you'll, you know, continue with the Facebook lives? And they said they want to continue it, you know, as long as as they can. It is getting a little bit challenging just because their retail store is open. You know, they have other obligations. So it's it's getting a little bit challenging for them, but they want to continue it just because they've been able to reach, you know, people across the country in different countries that never heard of them before. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe they are they still doing it weekly because maybe they just cut back to doing it a monthly. I don't know. Yeah. They, they are still doing it weekly. Um, like this weekend, for example, they are doing a pop up in Maui. So they're just going to jump on like for, you know, 10 minutes just to say hi to people, just to keep that um, their their rhythm going and, and their streak going, I should say. Nice. But, yeah. Because the last thing you want is like burnout, especially with a family like that, as being so successful and like making friends all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But one of the other fun things that they do is they do giveaways like throughout. So they will ask a question um, like, what did you have for dinner? And then the 21st person who comments will get like a $10 gift card. And so it's really fun. Like I said, it's very engaging. They have really found a way to connect with with people. That's super awesome. I'm always looking for the next thing to use to connect. And that sounds like they just hit the nail on the head. So cool. How has technology and social media like that helped uh, not just the Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce, but also um, things like Kuhi Kuhi? I think social media, to be honest, has done, it has, it has really been a game changer for our chamber in particular, because before COVID, I don't think we had much of a social media presence. And so when COVID happened, we kind of really took the opportunity to, well, we weren't able to do in-person events. So we were able to devote kind of our efforts to other things. And so we utilize social media to get word out to folks about resources that they could 
utilize. So grant opportunities, you know, PPP loans, things like that, how to apply for them, who's help, who's providing technical assistance in these areas. So we were able to grow our following that way. We were also able to grow our membership. And so we've been utilizing it to highlight our new members, which has really um, paid off for yeah, us. I've seen those uh, on Instagram yeah. and stuff like that. They're awesome. It's really paid off. And and we're able to highlight, you know, our, our current members and our new members. And so it's really created this atmosphere where people want to join us and really be part of, of what we're doing. So um, I have seen social media for our chamber be a great, great thing. And then for other Native Hawaiian-owned businesses, I have seen similar things. And to your last question, you know, it's been a tremendous help in getting the word out about Kuhi Kuhi. So awesome. And it, it's, I just heard, I mean, I didn't just hear, but Facebook has changed their name to Meta, the, the brand. And they're going into like the whole virtual universe and stuff like that. Have you heard about that? I did hear about it. I don't know too much about it, but I did hear about it. Yeah, me neither. I don't know like what's the future because they're talking about using NFTs and like a lot of really important wealthy people are screaming that NFTs are the next new thing in business and social media. And it's like, I don't even know what the hell those are. Yeah. It looks like a picture. And then you just sell the picture. It's like, no, it's the ownership of the picture. Like, still, I, why do you want to own the picture? It's what it represents. What do you mean? It's like that question I think still is, hasn't been answered clearly for a lot of people. But once that answer, once that does get answered, oh, it's going to be huge right and i think like native hawaiians and business owners here in hawaii need to start doing their research on stuff like that and get in the virtual currency and stuff Ugh. yes that's funny that you mentioned and i was just at a board meeting today and that was discussed at length but Ooh, yes. do tell no i mean <laughs> i <laughs> like no no i mean i think the conversation was still very much like this is you know, where the things are headed, yeah. but we still don't know. So we're going to keep everyone abreast of, we're going to monitor it. We're going to keep everyone updated, but um, we still don't know enough right now, but we want to look into it some more. I think so. that's the hard part with it. Like when Bitcoin and everything start first came out, we kind of knew what it was. Okay. Virtual currency that you can sometimes buy stuff on the dark web with. And then it kind of morphed and evolved into something more like an investment thing. Cause like, I think what people are saying 90% of people that buy Bitcoin never sell it. They're just buying it and investing in it. So something like that. But like with the whole NFTs, like you hear like basketball players and stuff and NBA guys, and they're just throwing millions of dollars to buy NFTs and make their own NFTs. Right. It's, I don't get it. <laughs> what are you doing with them? So until that question is answered for um, the people who are not ultra wealthy, uh, I don't know. But then again, it's like you don't want to be left behind the curve either. Right. I don't know. I'm just talking right. in circles. Well, <laughs> you're definitely going to need to do uh, for follow-up episodes and on that. Yeah. A lot of research. Not with me. Not with you. But with someone I'll else. have to find like an NFT expert or something like that to come on and like explain how is this going to impact everybody's day-to-day -day life? 
because I did look into it a little bit. Actually, I, I, I kind of dove into it a lot. Um, and some people were using NFTs as um, kind of like memberships or they represented, um, I guess you could say like a ticket or something like that to have access to a service. It's like if you own this NFT, you can go on this yacht, you can go to this party, you can go to this restaurant or something like that. So, so then it got me thinking, oh, wait, does that mean like in layman terms, like if I have the barbershop that I go to all the time, can I just buy an NFT for the barbershop? And so long as I own that NFT to the barbershop, I just go get my haircut. And then when I'm done with it, I sell it to somebody else for profit and the, the, the barbershop makes a profit on that. I don't know. And they only make a certain amount. Right. So you strive to pay a lot hot top dollar to get the 50 barbershop NFTs that they're putting out so that you can have free haircuts all the time. But then you can also sell that for free haircuts all the time. Because especially for guys, if you get a haircut, you know, every month or so, like that can add up. Oh, yes. I'm how, aware. How I'm aware. Get, how often do you get your haircut? Not very often, but my husband does. Right, right. <laughs> but like women's haircuts cost, like when you go get your haircut, what is it like? Hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Yes, uh, average a hundred. Okay, it's so like average for guys like forty, forty-five dollars plus tip. Then you gotta add, you know, so it's like fifty bucks, fifty-five, sixty bucks if you want like the razor sharp thing and and stuff. So I think that got me thinking as to what NFTs could represent in the real world, but now Mark Zuckerberg is just like, yeah, no, we're going virtual. I was like, what are you talking? Oh, yeah, you can make your house and everything virtually and put all your NFTs in there. It's like, uh, why would I want to go to somebody else's virtual house? I don't understand. I don't want to go to other people's real yeah. houses. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I want to stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go to somebody else's house. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, definitely follow up. Please, please do. There's got to be native Hawaiian-owned businesses that are diving into NFTs and cryptocurrency. Artists? I'm sure there are. So, hmm. like I said, this is going to be a follow-up. Yeah, I'm going to find them and I'm going I'm to point them in the direction of the Native Hawaiian Chamber <laughs> of Commerce and kuhikuhi.com to go register. And then they're going to come on the episode and tell me all about the NFTs and stuff. I just got to find that person. Hmm. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Mission. Yes, I have accepted that mission. Let's talk a little bit about you. You have come on the show before. I have. And this was during the pandemic and lockdowns and everything like that, right? Or did we just come out of it? I don't remember. No, well, I I think it was last summer, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, because it was still at the Hawaii Law right. location. Yeah. So I think we had just been able to, like, start seeing people, like, we weren't on lockdown anymore. Right. So I think that's when. But I think, you know, before before we started recording, we were just talking about how weird it is that we were in COVID then and we're still in COVID now. It's been so long. Yes. And now they're talking about other variants and stuff right. like that. And the numbers are going up. And I'm just like, how are numbers going up? If everybody's getting vaccinated and now people are getting boosters and we're still wearing masks, why are numbers going up? And number two is like, does it matter that numbers are going up? I don't know. It's, are people going to the hospital? I don't know. You're oddly silent, silent on that. But anyways, 
It's like, no, no I'm I mean, president I'm, of the Iron Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce. I can't come. Well, I mean, I'm run, wondering the same issues because I think, you know, a lot of folks, our, cell, our chamber included, has looked to resuming in-person events, right? And so you guys want to do the old awards again? We do, um, and there are other things that we want to do in person. I think we're still going to keep a virtual component because that allows us to um, s- expand our reach, yeah. right? But it's it's um, in person events are are invaluable, and you know, there's people who are able to connect virtually, and that's fine. There are others that the in-person is really more important to them. And so we want to be able to provide space for both of those types of individuals. And so I think there's a challenge now because we don't know what's going to happen. So does that mean, does this new variant, do the increase in cases mean we're going to shut down again. You know, it just makes things really hard to plan for. And so I, I agree with you. I think the unknowns are, does it, does it matter? Do, do the numbers matter? I think we're kind of just like in this space where I don't want to say we're programmed, but we have this reaction. So we hear higher numbers and we automatically, you know, go in a certain direction. So it's just that's that's the challenge right now for us and other organizations that that hold large events. Do businesses come to you guys asking questions regarding that for guidance and stuff like that? We haven't had many come to us specifically on that, but they just ask us, you know, what we're doing. Like, are we going to have in-person events, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, but not so much guidance on on that, that specific issue. Yeah, because I, I know totally what you mean regarding virtual events and in-person events because even this podcast it's like a miniature event it's like two people but it it doesn't work the same virtually it just it doesn't you know and i've tried and you don't get the same personal connection with the with the guest right so i eh. and i don't know if you've had this but i definitely (laughs) it's also awkward going from virtual to in person like meaning you couldn't have a virtual meeting with someone, but then not even recognize them in person. Oh, no, and I've oh, had I that, that I've had that happen a few times <laughs> where either I didn't recognize the person or, you know, someone didn't recognize me. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit unusual of a situation that we're in as a society. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you lose the import of the person, like how important that person is um, through the virtual uh, communications and stuff. It just doesn't, just don't have the same presence, you know? And then the person has like a terrible camera or they have like an echoey microphone and they just sound terrible. And it's like, okay. I, it was a subpar experience. I agree. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then just, you know, culturally, right. For, for native Hawaiians, mm-hmm. the in-person contact is very important yeah. as well. So, um, you know, I know certainly a lot of our, our members are welcoming the day when we will be able to gather in person again. And and particularly for the OO Awards, because it's an important event for our community to recognize Native Hawaiians that have made significant 
uh, contributions to the community that have achieved success in their careers or in business. You know, we did hold it virtually. So I think um, when I went on the show, when I came on the show the first time, we were about to do it. Um, and so it went really well. But again, I think as an organization, we we want to be able to honor these individuals with an in-person event. We can't honor someone like virtually like that. It's just not the same thing. I think in the, the police department, they wanted to have like virtual, they wanted to have virtual promotions and stuff like that. And just why? And then it, it cut down to, I think even now where if you, when we have the promotions, there's no big ceremony. They just, they have like the chief in one place at a podium and everybody else is, um, comes through by themselves with their family. The family sits down, the person goes up and sees the chief, they take a picture and the family takes a picture and they leave. And then the next people come up and when you leave, you're like, you gotta leave the floor, like go back in the elevator and get out of there. And so it's just, uh, it's kind of eroded the whole promotion ceremony. So I hope that goes back into like full session. Yeah, that doesn't sound. It's, it, it's kind of lame. I mean, they're doing what they can do. I understand that, you know, we're really trying and the people who are responsible for that are doing their very, very best. I just, uh, I would like to see things go back to normal. That's just me. Yes, I agree. Is there a movie that you've watched over and over and over again? <laughs> yes. What is that? Well, they're series, I guess. So there's two of them. Harry One, Potter? Yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Which Harry Potter is your favorite? The first. Okay. Yes. What was the name of the first one? The Hollows? No. That, I don't even know. Well, terrible. I, I don't know. The Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, right. Yes. Right. 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 So it's Harry Potter and then Lord of the Rings. <gasps> A fellow Lord of the Rings. Yes. Fan. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because I've wa have you watched the extended versions? No, we're we're gonna nerd out here for a little bit, <laughs> audience. Sorry, you haven't watched the extended versions. I don't think so. They're like four hours long each. No. So yeah, it's like a total of twelve hours. It's it's insane. Yeah, no, that's the way to watch them. Okay, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch the extended I versions. I think they're on streaming platforms like HBO Max and stuff like that. The extended versions. Oh. Okay. Because they add in so much. Like they add, it's it's not like the director's cut for some movies where they add in three minutes. You know, that's whatever. They add like an hour of stuff, and it's like, whoa, no, that that wasn't in the movie before. I this is brand new stuff. And now when you watch the extended version, you can't go back and watch the short versions. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now I'm excited to watch it. Now they're coming out with the prequel. Yes, on I heard HBO. That. I heard that. They're in production for. The one that's taking place like 3,000 years prior or something like that. But did you, before the, before Lord of the Rings, the movie came mm -hmm. out, had you read the books? No, but I saw the cartoon movie. So growing up as a kid, um, saw the cartoon movie, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And me and my buddy would just like shoot arrows at pretend orcs and stuff like that. Because that was the cool thing to do back then. I hadn't even heard of it. So, mm. you know, I feel like it was in when we were in college yeah, it when was, it came yeah. out, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think I was home for the summer from college and my friends were like, 
really excited about it. And I totally remember having such a bad attitude. I was like, this looks dumb. I don't want to, I don't want to go. And then I was like, oh my God, when is the second one coming out? Oh yeah. So like the, for the end of the first one, I was yeah. like, what? That's, that's not the end yes. of the whole thing? I'm like, no. It's like, what? I just sat through this three hour movie. I remember I was with a girlfriend at the time. She was like, I just sat through the three hour movie. And that's the first episode. That's like, yeah, there's like, it's a trilogy. It's coming out. Yeah. I was I, like, I cannot wait a whole nother year. I remember seeing the posters for Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings. And I had not heard about it because it was like before the internet really took off. I didn't way before smartphones. So you didn't have all this information. So I saw the poster. I think it was at like Barnes and Noble or Brookstone or somewhere. I lost my shit because it was it was one of the the black writers in the mist. It's like Lord of the Rings, what a live action Lord of the Rings! Like this whole time, you're just watching cartoon, which is cool because the cartoon movie um, only led up till um, the Helm, the Battle at Helm's Deep, mm. and it ended there. And I think they came out with a, another one, the the Return of the King, later, but that looked kind of crappy. Yeah, going from the cartoons to that. So what did you think of The Hobbit? To be honest, I could never really get into it. I mean, I had actually heard of The Hobbit and not Lord of the Rings. And so, you know, I was, I gave it a shot. I was excited about it. I felt like it was going to be similar, but it was really disappointing for me. So. I agree. I thought that the, the, I thought the dwarves could have, I don't know. I just think he took a lot of uh, liberties from the book that it just didn't fit the narrative. And then some of the battle scenes, especially like the big five of the battle of the five armies was just, it didn't make sense to me tactically, strategically. I was like, why would they do that? Why are they doing what? Why? Didn't make any sense. Well, I think just like anything, right? You have these really high expectations because Lord of the Rings was so well done. And oftentimes these other things that are supposed to kind of like take whoever the following, right, and appeal to them, it often just leaves a lot to be desired. So I tried, we we, we forced our kids to watch the extended (laughs) versions over the course of like three weeks. So like one week we would watch uh, The Fellowship and then Two Towers and then Return of the King. And they just like threw a fit the whole time. But at the end, like through the movie, they're watching it and they're like asking questions and being engaged. And it's, okay, it's time to turn it off and, you know, get rid of your bed. No, you know, let's watch a little bit more. So I knew they were engaged. They just didn't really want to do it. But now we for- totally forced them to watch <laughs> the extended versions of Lord of the Rings. It was so awesome. Epic. But they didn't get like the same emotional impact, I think, that I did with some of the scenes and stuff like that. So they, I don't know. Why do you think that is? They're just, I think it's a different age. Um, I feel like, well, one of the parts I was talking about is the ride of the Rohirrim into uh, the Pelennor fields to save Minas Tirith, right? And I'm just, I get it like all emotional every time I see that scene. Like, you know, the king is riding in front of his guys and telling him, you know, screaming death. And everybody's screaming death and they ride. They, they, the night before they're saying to themselves, you know, we can't win, but we're going to fight anyways. And it's just like, dude, that's epic. That doesn't get any more epic than that. And my kids just like, it just 
goes right over their head. They don't, they don't understand. I don't know if it's an age thing because they're children and they don't understand the impacts of something that epic of wanting to protect your people and protect other people and, you know, charging into the unknown. I don't know. Well, it's been a few years since I've watched it, the series, the trilogy. Okay. So I'm going to have to <laughs> go home and watch it. And my husband's going to be like, what are you doing? He's like, we're pulling an all-nighter, <laughs> honey. We're going. <laughs> For the next four hours, this is what we're doing. Well, before we had our kids, and so our kids are three, right? So three, four years ago, you know, anytime it would come on TNT, I'm like making him watch it. And he's like, how many times? He he obviously didn't have the same connection to Lord of the Rings as I did. And so he would just be like, how many times do you have to watch this? And how many times do you have to make me watch this? Every time, honey. Every That's yeah. how many times. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be one of the uh, races in there, what would you pick? Probably the elves. You'd be an elf? Yes. Mm, stuck up. <laughs> But very, you know, wise and intelligent, I guess. Pristine. They were awesome. Yeah, they were awesome. They kind of left the dwarves hanging out to dry. Well, they left everybody hanging out to dry at the end, right? Kind of just, well, we're leaving. Bye, see ya. Oh, by the way, here's this sword. Take this and go save your world. We're leaving. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, by the way, three of you can come with us when we leave. It's like, what the hell, dude? You guys... You're immortal, uh, but they're not really immortal. But I mean, uh, yeah, I can see that. I, I like the dwarves. I think I would be not a dwarf. No. Would I be a dwarf? No. They're kind of stinky, smelly with the beards. But I like how they're portrayed. It's totally off topic. Very much so. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's a lot of life lessons and stuff like that. I think... Um, J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, he came up with the ideas. Did you watch Tolkien, I, the movie? I have, no. Uh, oh, that, that's a good one because um, it just goes off on, like, his background as a child going through World War One, And so you kind of see why he started up with all these ideas mm-hmm. for uh, The Lord of the Rings and his group of friends and everything. So it's really cool. But, you know, it, it kind of takes on a new thing when you talk about, like, Native Hawaiian Mythology, if you can call it mythology or, you know, culture, religion, practices. You know, I mean, you have a lot of the same kind of struggles and fights and hurdles to overcome. And then you have heroes. Yeah. It's true. I mean, we have our Minahune. Those are the dwarves that build stuff. Like, how come all those, the short people build stuff? <laughs> Hmm, questions. Gray aliens? I don't know. Let's not go down that hole. <laughs> you see ancient aliens had a thing on like the Minihune? Ancient aliens on History Channel, they had this whole thing on no. the Minihune. And it's like, guys, you're like picking at straws, man. You're just like trying to create an episode with all these wild outlandish ideas. That, oh, yes, the Native Hawaiians had, this, had these short people that were here before the Hawaiians landed. It's like maybe they probably did. So, because there are legends. I mean, do we call them legends now? Of the Hawaiians landing weren't the first people here. Like there were people here first, and they were small. 
doors. It's all very mysterious. It's very mysterious. Um, so purple is your favorite color. <laughs> well, has it always been your favorite color? I don't, does it say anything about your personality, you think? I don't know if it was always my favorite color, but it was my class color at Kamehameha. Do you know what mine was? Pink? No. Oh. Gray. Who the oh. freak picks gray <laughs> as your class color? Like, not even silver. Gray. Dumb. So, because of that, it became my favorite color. Hmm. So, before, I don't recall what happened, if, if it was before that. But I do know that there was a connection to it being our class color. I see. And so, it's always been with you. Yes. So, purple has a background of being the color of royalty and um, high status, especially in the Roman Empire, because it was really hard to come by. So only the wealthiest had it. And then only like the Roman Praetorian Guard, the Caesar's Guard had it, and the Caesar wore purple. And now you're president. Dun, dun, nah, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, a, uh, you know, uh, what is the alcohol? Uh, Crown Royal? Oh, Crown Royal purple yeah so purple's a majestic color it's pretty cool it's very cool yeah i have a few purple shirts that i like wearing i've converted my husband to wearing to, purple yes what was he in before like blues black easy guy colors yes. yeah i'm gonna wear yes. brown it's like yeah because that was a really earthy colored toned kind of person before and then i don't know just started experimenting with different colors like here i'm wearing this nice green emerald green type of shirt it's very nice you which know, is just like okay but purple i do like I, I think i've gotten more involved with purple so it's kind of cool to see you have the purple stuff in there and we're talking about purple what is your favorite music genre and do you have a song that gets stuck in your head all the time I don't, actually. Never get a song stuck in your head? Not really. Huh. No. And I'm also really horrible at, um, you know, like when you hear like the first few bars or notes of a song mm -hmm. and then, you know, people try to guess the song. Yeah. I'm awful at that. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I have friends that are really good at it and so they would always want to like play that game and I'm like... <laughs> How do you know from hearing like two bars what the song is? Yeah, I've had some where it's, uh, we were on a cruise and they had, um, what are they called? Um, game nights and stuff like that. And the game nights that we would go to, they would have um, uh, one where you team up with people and they'd play like the first couple of tones of the song and you have to write it down. And at the end of like 10 songs or everybody, everybody starts turning in their answers or whatever and they have winners and stuff. So I was terrible at the music one, but I was awesome at the movie quotes one, which is crazy. I'm uh, we kept also winning not and good winning at and that. winning. You're also not good at that. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yes, I am also very bad at that too. It's like, <laughs> well, if you had a superpower, what would your superpower be? Not memorizing music lyrics. Not memorizing okay. lyrics or movie quotes. Established. Okay. So looking at like all the superheroes from Marvel, DC, the movies and stuff like that, 
what would you pick for yourself? So just off the cuff, if you I had mean, to answer if, like real If quick. I had to have a superpower, I would want to heal people. Oh, very nice. So like an empath? Yes. Mm. I'm, I'm just really... Um, <gasps> like Grogu? <laughs> I'm holding up my Grogu hand healing, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like really impacted by people and, you know, I'm just very empathetic. And I don't think a lot of people would think that about me, especially people that know me. But I actually really am. And so I don't like to see people suffering. And so um, that would probably be what I would pick. I think people see that. Because, I mean, you don't get to the position you're at, especially with the chamber, by not being empathetic. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing, like, uh, kudos at you. Thank you. But so, you know, that, I guess, in if we were to take that into, like, a, the real world situation, that's, you know, helping people mm. is is what I'm trying to do in my role with the chamber. Yeah, because that's your passion, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Helping our people, helping Native Hawaiians, helping... The Lahui is really what I'm passionate about. And so, you know, it's it's a little bit of a struggle because we are a, currently a volunteer organization. And so, you know, it's definitely challenging, but we're, and I have a, a great team surrounding me. And so we're we're certainly moving in that direction and trying to be a resource to folks that are looking to start a business and even, you know, just individuals that are just trying to um, grow their skill set and advance in their careers. So I think we have a lot of things that we're planning for 2022 that will align with that vision. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? In 10 years, I hope to see my well my kids are gonna be teenagers yeah. at that time <laughs> oh my goodness um you know I wanna I'm trying to set the chamber up with folks that have the same passion and will be able to carry this forward so a lot of the things that we're doing now are to establish that foundation so mm. You know, for example, we recently launched a new member management platform. So everything is automated now. Whereas before, you had to um, either mail in an application or PDF it and then email it to us. Mm -hmm. And now everything is automated and we have um, the ability to have a directory online of our members. We have the ability to provide them with other resources that they're looking for and th that they need. And so in t as it relates to the chamber, I hope that I am, you know, just a member of the chamber. And, and you've passed the torch. I have passed the torch yeah. and it's flourishing. And we 
just welcome so many Native Hawaiian businesses and professionals into our membership and are thriving. And so that's that's where what my hope is for for the future. You don't want to be mayor. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like what? No. Where did that come from, Neil? Jesus. <laughs> Not at all. How about Lord of the Rings and now going into the mayor. No. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I for anyone that's considering going into politics now, mm. like I wish them all the best. And it's, it takes a very special person to want to take on those challenges. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons, too. Like, don't go into politics. And this is my own opinion. Don't go into politics if you're going to be famous or power hungry. You're looking to, you know, force change or, you know, boss people around or something like that. Because there are people that do. Right. And it's not okay. You know, go in there with the um, mindset that you're going to sacrifice your personal life and your personal freedoms as far as like, oh, you know, going out to dinner, yeah, people are going to see you and they're going to start recording you and making sure that you're, you know, abiding by restrictions and blah, blah, blah. And you have to go there with the intent to help and make this a better place to live wherever the, wherever the place you live in, you know, and help people flourish. Because if you're not helping people, what the hell are you doing there? If you're there to help yourself and help yourself advance, no. Right. Sorry. If you're there to help, nah, just make it say political real quick. But it just takes someone with very thick skin, I feel, as well. I mean, you're never going to satisfy everyone. And so you have to be okay with knowing you're going to upset someone. But you have to be willing to upset someone. Right. Right. You can't be the person who's like just folds over just because somebody got offended or upset. It's like, hmm. No, you're going to upset people. Exactly. Deal with it. Like, that's what part of being a leader is, leadership, you know, is, yeah, people aren't always going to agree with you. But so long as you're doing the right thing for the organization or wherever you're you're in, and just taking it in the right direction and you're making sure that you're looking out for the welfare of everybody as far as equally can be, I think that's a great place to be. And get on social media. <laughs> no, going to the future, like people are getting elected, like don't want to touch social media. It's like, no, you have to dive into it. You have to get on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, just dive into it. Yeah, I mean, it's really the only way right. nowadays. And it's, it's only going to get worse. Not, I mean, worse, it's, it's going to be more uh, effective right? the further along we go. Because, you, you know, you, you want to go for... Um, there's a quote from uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you ever listen to him? No. Oh, I'm going to send you some of his stuff. He's great. But he said, uh, in as far as business and everything, watch the children. The children are always right. So whatever they're doing, they're right. No matter what you think of as you know, an older population looking back at the kids doing their stupid stuff and saying how stupid it is that they're doing, they're right. So get on board with whatever they're doing and get ahead of the curve. Because those are going to be your customers, your workers, employees, five years from now, 10 years from now. What they're doing now is going to lay the foundation of how they interact 10 years from now. So pay attention to what they're doing. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think 
there has been so much resistance to social media by, you know, older people. Yes. <laughs> generational, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really good advice. I mean, maybe you don't have to embrace it wholeheartedly, but having a knowledge, having knowledge of it and at least understanding it, I think is helpful. Yeah. And it goes twofold into business too. Like if you're looking at building a business, it's like you're going to have to get into social media also because your customers five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, look like my kid is 14, like in 10 years, he's 24. He's going to be in that big zone of, you know, customer base, voter base, you know, people who are there out of college looking for work. Well, I think that you bring up a great point. Like it's even, it's especially relevant for business owners to stay on top of these things and to watch what the the younger generation is doing. Um, I think one thing that we saw from COVID is the businesses that were, you know, willing to embrace change, willing to embrace technology are the ones that have have come out, you know, they, they've made it They're through. still surviving. They're still yeah. surviving. Um, you know, we were just driving past a restaurant the other night and my husband asked, like, is that restaurant still open? And I said, no, I don't think so. And to be honest, you know, they didn't do any of the things that some of the other restaurants were doing, which is um, really getting on social media, advertising, you know, their takeout options and things like that. And so... You know, I just, I totally agree with you. It's even more important for business owners to um, monitor those things. Yeah, and get on board. The faster you get on board with it. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of worried about NFTs and stuff. I was like, what am I missing now? Because <laughs> I still don't get it. I tried to research it, but yeah. It's just one of the things we're going to have to force ourselves to learn because our kids are going to learn it and our kids are going to know it because that's their world. They're going to grow up in a world with computers and tablets, laptops, smartphones. And they're going to look for their information and get their information immediately. So, And they're going to be able to shop on Amazon. Like Christmas shopping. I don't even do Christmas shopping. I just go on Amazon like way ahead of time to make sure the presents get here on time. Okay. So I, this is a funny story. So this morning... We were, I was running late as I am every, pretty much every morning, right? So um, wheeling my kids in their wagon, I have like all these bags running late. I open the front door and I literally can't get out because there are Amazon boxes like <laughs> piled almost to my, my eye level. I was like, oh my God, thank God my husband isn't home right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> A lot of presents for him, I guess. <laughs> None for him. None for... Oh. Uh, hey, wow, I got all those boxes. Wow, I must be getting a good Christmas this year. And, well, no, sorry. He got socks. I mean, okay. So, <laughs> but I also want to say that I shop local and I, I support local businesses, but there are certain things for my kids that I can't Yeah, no, here, we're, so. we're not saying you got to buy all of your stuff locally because that's not realistic not yet anyways so like i don't know is there any local businesses making i don't know 
uh, strollers? Strollers, no. Yeah. So. Well, I, diapers, I don't, not that like, I know of. You can get diapers just delivered to your house now. You don't have to go out There is a native Hawaiian business that does that, but on Maui. Oh. Yes. Kokua diapers. Kokua. Do they do cloth diapers too? Cloth, it's cloth diapers. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Because we actually use cloth diapers with the kids for a little bit. And that actually helped potty train them because they were in cloth diapers. So Kokua diapers is amazing because she literally... Brings everything to your, drops everything to your house. She trains you on, you know, best practices, provides you with a bin that, um, you know, is the special bin to kind of absorb odors and things like that. And then she picks it up, washes it, provides you with a clean set. It's, it's really awesome. That's an awesome business. Mm -hmm. It's a business that's full of shit. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way. Yes. <laughs> All right. Shannon, it's been so amazing having you back on. Thank you so much for coming out here and giving us your night. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, we talked about everything from Kuhi Kuhi to Lord of the Rings. I mean, what else could a woman ask for? Uh, I don't know. Dwarves. <laughs> yeah. It's the Matrix 4 is coming out. Yes, by the time this airs, it will be on, no, yeah, December 29th. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> Neo's back. All right, everybody, it's been great. And if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button here on YouTube. And as always, stay happy, Hawaii. She's finally <laughs> throwing her shot because she threw one. All right, here we go.